Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Rule the Roos podcast. I'm your host, Tatrunk, and I'm also joined by Raj Baines. Ooh, um, yeah, Raj is actually here. That was supposed to be my shit impression of him. Basically, we recorded the first half of this podcast and it all went tits up. No idea what's happened. We've had a technical error, but we talked about Arsenal for about five minutes. Just repeated basically everything you've heard on Fighting Cock, Tottenham Way, other miscellaneous Tottenham podcasts um so that was about that we're now going to go over to the West Ham section where Sebastian Stafford Bloor is talking to goal.com's Harry Sherlock hello uh welcome to our interview bit on Rule the Roost um we've got West Ham on Saturday evening at 5 30 um so a little bit different this week uh we haven't got a West Ham fan on but we've got the next best thing. We've got a Spurs fan, uh, Harry Sherlock, who is actually Goal.com's West Ham correspondent. Hello, Harry. Hello. How are you? Yeah, mate. I'm not too bad. Not too bad. I always feel a bit awkward because obviously we've we've done like 10 minutes on Skype. We've chatted. We, we've caught up. Yeah. Feels a bit artificial, doesn't it? This, you know. Does a bit. Yeah, Does okay. A bit, yeah. Uh, let's yeah. talk about West Ham. Um, uh, we'll get to the stadium. Um, yeah. Uh, because that's obviously the... Um, you know the 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 well yes yeah, we'll get to it. Um, talk to me about West Ham's form at the moment. Well, they're just um, poor. I think is yep. is the word to use. Um, they, there was kind of a, a ray of light when they beat Chelsea um, in the EFL Cup. Um, I think everyone kind of expected that to be a bit of a tinderbox, really. I think you also have um, to call it the Caribou Cup now, mate, or something like that. Okay, we can yeah, do that. The yeah. Caribou Cup, then. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's got a new energy drink title sponsor, so let's um, let's stay oh, in wow. the... Yeah, exactly. Let's not get sued. Okay, yeah. the Heart Disease Cup. Yep. Um, yeah, West Ham 2-1, and probably their best performance of the season as well. Um, and then... Four days later, they went to Everton and were comprehensively beaten 2-0. They were really, really poor. Um, against Stoke City as well, they were just there, really, I think yeah. is the best word I can use for West Ham. They're just there at the moment. Um, they're not winning games. There's been talk that Bilic is under pressure already. Um, I personally think that that's madness because we like seeing them near the bottom of the league, don't we? So mm-hmm. he can stay for a little bit. But um, 
they, they've just been really abysmal. They've got minus nine goal difference, which is appallingly bad. It's just it's just not been very good. But my my concern with West Ham is that this is the game for them. This is their game of the season. Oh, it's their cup final, of course it is. It's also yeah. the last time they'll play at White Hart Lane, of course, barring like a, an FA Cup draw or something. Yeah. Um, it, with West Ham, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the way it's been presented, and I've I've seen a couple of West Ham games this season, and every every West Ham failure seems to have been um, sort of shunted into the shadow caused by the Olympic Stadium or the London mm-hmm. Stadium. Yeah. And my own take on that is it's a problem, but West Ham are also really, really bad at defending. Um, and yes. I don't think the two are necessarily... Um, the same thing whereas it seems to be kind of it's this blanket excuse from everybody that you know we can't get the segregation right in the olympic stadium therefore you know we we suddenly we can't defend set pieces and our defensive line looks like a zigzag i mean it, it, it yeah. just yeah um <laughs> it's got me sorry it's, it's a weird one because in a way tottenham have got the exact same thing you know with with the champions league with wembley there are lots yeah. of people who come away from wembley and say well the pitch is too big and it's like well no actually against Leverkusen, we were dog shit. Yeah, like there's no two ways about that. We were individual just really errors poor. everywhere. It was yeah. one of the worst performances I've seen in about a year and a half. Absolutely dreadful. I think it's one of the worst we've had under Poch. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, I think with with West Ham, it's quite convenient that they've got this excuse. Um, I think, to be honest, come November, 11, 10, 11 games played. I think it's eleven, isn't it? I don't think we expected to see West Ham 17th, especially after the season they had last season. Um, And there's there's a lot of quality in the team as well. I just think Bilic has has let standards slip a lot. And I think a lot of the players have as well. You know, Mark Noble famously said it can't get any worse and then it got worse. <laughs> so so there's, there's that side of it. I think their defending is, is terrible. They are, the analogy I would use is that they're very much like a 14-year-old boy playing FIFA yeah. where he wants to buy every striker he can and he doesn't give a shit about the defence. Yeah. And West Ham do that every summer. They always go after a striker. I think they made a forty million euro bid for Lacazette. They were after Batshuayi as well, and then all of a sudden they had to settle for Simone Zaza and Andre Ayew, and left James Collins as a starting centre back in the Premier League. And if James Collins is your starting centre back, then you're probably going to get relegated um, because he is that bad. Yeah, well, he's also well, he's about two or three years past his best, and his best wasn't really anything special either. Um, no, well, he was always second fiddle to James Tompkins. Yeah. And he who, was a player. When he left, West Ham were kind of a bit like, well, we won't miss him that much. And now all of a sudden, it's quite clear that actually they miss him a hell of a lot because they didn't replace him. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, the, the, the strange thing, it, very strange thing to be talking about missing James Tompkins um, because, I mean, I, I, I saw just for the international break, obviously, saw um, uh, Palace's game with Liverpool. And Tompkins' performance in that game, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> talk to me about Zaza, though, because I actually I, I watched with Zaza before he, he came over to this country. And I quite mm-hmm. like him as a footballer. Um, but since he's arrived here, he's been dreadful. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I can't... 
I can't. I mean, it, not not bad in the in the sort of the Vincent Janssen can't score goals way. I mean, just really just hopeless. Can't contribute yeah. in any way whatsoever. And, and um, you're in the press conferences with Slavan Bilic. What um, what's he has he said anything about about sort of settling in or difficulties that Zaza's experiencing in this country? He he said in it was quite funny in September he said he wouldn't be taking penalties. <laughs> no. Which was a good move. Yeah. That's that's a sensible move from Southern Village. Yeah. Very. Um then he he compared him to Bergkamp. Wow, really? Yeah. Not so and shrewd. then then he said a couple of months ago, it might have been October, I'm not sure, but he said that Zaza will come good. You know, we need patience. He's a foreign player playing in a foreign league. You know, the the usual, the checklist of for foreign players who haven't hit the ground running, yeah. basically. Um, Zaza is just really, really bad, I think, is is the thing. And it, it was a panic buy as well by West Ham because, like I said earlier, like I alluded to, you know, they were after Lacazette, they were after Batshuayi, they settled on AU. He got injured very quickly. Yeah. I think first first game of the season, first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. yeah. And West Ham suddenly went, shit. We, we need another striker. Yeah. And Zaza was kind of the only one they could get. Um, they, they have apparently said to said to his, his parent club that if a bid comes in for him in January, they wouldn't be against allowing him to leave. No, I so not. No. <laughs> what Billet says in public is very different to what's going on behind the scenes. I just think he... He is the archetypal, we'll take what we can get, and then you realise, actually, he just doesn't fit at all. He just isn't a West Ham player. I um, well, funny thing about West Ham's transfer policy is that... Um, I, <laughs> is, the, is the policy, probably. It's, well, the policy itself is, is yeah, yeah, it, it, there's a bit of mirth to be had there, of course. But I... Um, <laughs> It seems to me that, I mean, I remember reading, I mean, like you read the names over the summer that were, were connected with the club um, and you know, the yeah. players and the sums that they were linked with. I um, It all sounded a bit QPR circa Mark Hughes' time under the club where it was a sort of, okay, we've had a good season and instead of just sort of taking kind of making incremental improvements, you know, like you said earlier, actually, you know, a nice solid 10 to 15 million pounds centre half would have done very nicely for that team. Um, yeah, they 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 wanted a name. They wanted a kind of look at us signing. Um, Absolutely, and that's that seems to be like I, I do like Zaza, but I didn't see where on the basis that eventually Andy Carroll will be fit. Uh, on the basis that they had, uh, I know they've let him go, but Sacco I quite like as a player. Um, I thought he, he's he, good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, he's yeah. It, it's not that he's very good. It's just that he was scoring goals and he was you know I know there's attitude questions and everything, but even so. Um, and it just seems like a kind of run before you can walk situation where you've got this stadium and to fill it, you felt like you needed to spend £40 million on a Lacazette or in this case, Zaza. That's uh, exactly it. That's That was exactly the the reasoning that I was told, you know, when I was asking questions in the summer about, you know, is Lacazette, is the interest real? Yeah. I mean, for starters, I mean, there was an inquiry made for Tevez as well. You know, that's how keen West Ham were to bring in a, a real marquee name. And it was it was at the expense of everything else. Yeah. You know, David Sullivan and David Gold, I think, I just think they're terrible owners. I don't think they run West Ham properly at all. I would all. put Brady in there as well because, uh, yeah. I mean, I, Gold and Sullivan, everything, I agree with everything you said about Gold and Sullivan, but I think that um, 
I think that Karen Brady's, sorry, Lady Brady. Um, Lady Brady. Yeah. Lady Brady's, uh, well, first of all, kind of a, a media-facing presence is sometimes hopelessly naive. Um, yes. Uh, and I just, it's just a very strange ownership dynamic because it's kind of, we want attention, but only on our own terms all the time. That, exactly it, that. It's and It's very strange. They they are very... Um, we've got the whole thing with David Sullivan's Sam as well, who that, is kind of... You mean, do you, is, that, if you ever, is that ever like come up in the press room? <laughs> I mean, I haven't actually been to the London Stadium yet, but I um, is, is that a kind of... Because it's, it's weird. Oh, it's weird. It's, it's very weird, yeah. There are... Um, okay. Um, he is indulged... I think is is the word to use there. Yeah. Um, to the point where it is quite ridiculous. You know the the things that that he tweets and you know he is essentially the club spokesman. <laughs> and he's I don't even know if he can legally buy a drink. Well, yeah. The thing is, is the part of me has sympathy. Look, if if I was his age and my dad owned a football club. You, oh, better, yeah. you better believe that I'm, I want to be able to do the same, but whether, whether, <laughs> whether, whether I'm allowed to do it is another issue entirely. You know, well, that's it, isn't it? You know, you get a picture with the you get a picture with the new signing or whatever, and yeah. you know, maybe you you big yourself up to your mates. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's got loads of friends at school, but that's it. Yeah. it West Ham just look. Well, he does. You, you so said it. stupid. He is like their 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 spokesman because he kind of. Like he he always breaks transfer news. He's always, and it's not even that he's doing it, and it's not even it's the owner's son that's doing it. It's just the kind of the the kind of the. I'm going to sound like such a snob, Harry. It's the grammar. It's the grammar yeah. that goes with it, and he's just like, Lass, yeah. you have aspirations to play Champions League football, and this is happening, and the kind of like the quaint, oh, we're just a little East End club thing. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Don't well, know. It, it would be it would be quite funny. I completely get your point. It would be quite funny if they were in League One. That's it. That's it. If, you know, if this is Barnsley, if this yeah. is Oxford, if this is you know a, a team like that, then you can. I don't know. It's sort of an archaic quirk of the game, perhaps. But yes, absolutely. I think it's. I I just find it really quite odd, and I think West Ham's transfer policy in general is really quite odd. You know, it it, it just doesn't make any sense. They go from one player to another, like. You know, like kind of flicking tv stations yeah, yeah it's it's really quite bizarre i don't even know if they've got a scouting system mm. and i say that as someone who covers west ham and who you know looks for transfer news wherever i can get it and i don't think they've got a scouting system it seems like we'll just pick the biggest name we can find and see if we can buy them and i think a part of that definitely comes down to the fear of losing Payet in the summer yeah i think they were desperate to bring someone in to say, look, Dimitri, we've signed someone kind of as good as you. Mm. Because, you know, Payet is saying, as a Spurs fan, is far too good for West Ham. He's far too good. Yeah, that's it. And Well, the thing is, is that you have to believe that whatever happens between now and May, or even maybe even now in January, like Payet Payet will never have a chance to, to get a bigger payday than he does right now, um, or play for a bigger bigger club than he does right now. Um, with respect exactly. to say, and you have to believe that you know someone's going to say okay. Uh, I, it might, you know, it, 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 you, it, it's not it's sort of too far fetched to think that a kind of well, I don't know, I don't want to start quoting clubs, but I don't. I, I think I, I think Piat's gone regardless. I mean, you know, I, I don't. 
I, I don't know how you can keep him. He is uh, he is much too good to be playing at that level. He is, and you know, I I did hear a story that an unnamed club. I understand that they're a Champions League club, but I'm not exactly sure who it was. Um, made an inquiry about Pyatt to, to David Sullivan, and David Sullivan said, "Well, 100 million." <laughs> and and the reply came back, "No, seriously." And he said, "Okay, 120 million." Oh, well, yeah, well, and it, that's that's yeah. I mean, it's kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I I mean, uh, that sounds an awful lot like Arsenal to me. Um, but I um, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, moving on from that. Right. So the Olympic Stadium. You have obviously with your job, you'll have spent a bit of time there this season. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me about that. Oh, it's awful. Okay. It is awful. It's awful. Like I would, I can completely understand it as an Olympic venue. Yeah. And as somewhere to go and watch sport in general. Rugby league was there yesterday. England played Australia there, and it was looked like a great, great place to to hold it. I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. fine. But when it comes down to football, yeah, it's it's just not designed for it. And I know a lot of people have said this, but it but it isn't. You know, there are huge gaps between just stands in general. Yeah. You know, the, the fans are really far away from the pitch. There is very little atmosphere. And it, it is, you know, it, it's becoming the albatross around their neck because it's a vicious circle. As long as West Ham are playing badly, the London Stadium will be taking flack. I mean, I don't know how it can take flack when they keep losing away from home yeah. because yeah. they do. But, you know, it's, it is a, a terrible ground and it's not finished no. I think that's that's the key part of it I mean I when I first went to the press room I, I did the Juventus game oh well, um, the, 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 the sort of the opening friendly game yeah when Zaza yeah, scored <laughs> yes he did yeah <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah and it, it took me no exaggeration it took me half an hour to find the press room I was walking around the stadium looking for an entrance really I asked probably nine or ten different stewards, where is the press room? None of them knew. And then eventually I saw a tent that wouldn't look out of place with a red cross on the side of it in the middle of a war zone. Yeah. You walk through that, you get into a car park, it's next to the bins. You know, this is how badly thought out this has been. And then you have to get lifts up and the lifts continually break as well, because they, they haven't been, apparently they haven't been installed properly. It's just a really, it's, it, it was a bad idea from the outset. Yeah. And they, so many fans, so many fans thought that if they fought in the stands at the start of the season, they'd get sent back to Upton oh, Park. Really? Yeah. That's Yeah. They, they, that really, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, um, they, they assumed that if they were violent enough, and this is, I should profess this by saying this is a small portion of the support. This isn't everyone who buys a ticket, but they thought that if they provoked violence and fought in the stands and it was caught on television, because obviously there is a fascination with the new stadium with Sky, that they would be essentially evicted (laughs) and they would go back to. Oh, Upton yeah. Park, but they've they blew Upton Park up for a film, yeah, with yeah. Piers Brosnan, yeah. So, you know, what the fuck's gone wrong? It, it is a comedy of errors. 
it's so, comedy of errors. It's such a shame, actually, because I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, Upton Park was a horrible place full of bastards, um, but it was one of the kind of the quintessentially English grounds. I mean, you, you remember what the walk was like down there and, and yeah. sort of if you're going around to the away end, the kind of the way you have to snake around the building through those tight little spaces. And it was sort of, it was one of those proper urban football stadiums. Um, yes, and very much so. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I loved it for that in a sort of very shallow way. But it's just, I, I have a great deal of sympathy with, not necessarily the fans, um, or I, I don't have any sympathy for Gold, Sullivan and Brady because they, it, it, you know, if you, if you heist something, and it turns out to be shit. Well, you know, whatever. I mean, you, if something comes, drops off the back of a lorry and it's broken. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, um, you know, things like the local businesses around Upton Park and stuff. You know, that will just die now. Um, yeah. And the kind of the the complete abdication of responsibility that seems to have come from the ownership with with regards to that. Um, but uh, uh, okay, well, enough of that. Let, well, let's talk about Saturday. Um, Tottenham should be at full strength. Um, Bold accounts, Toby Alderweireld is back. Harry Kane will be fit. Uh, Musa Dembele, bit of a question mark, but should be okay. Yep. Um, Vincent Janssen, probably not, because he got a pretty nasty concussion playing for, the, for, for Holland um, against Belgium. Um, uh, West Ham, injury news that you're aware of. I know we're a little bit far out. We're, we're recording this on a Monday, so we can't be... Uh, so apologies for any inaccuracy. <laughs> I, I would obviously Carol's injured. Yeah. Um, but I think we can just write that down for all eternity yep. and just say that, that he isn't fit. No. Um I I Collins is a doubt um with a with a calf injury, I think. Um and Winston Reed as well might miss the game. Which um, would be terrific news. From our, yeah. our perspective, because and I don't, I don't think Reese Oxford's fit either. I don't think Reese Oxford would be available to to step in. No. Um, so defensively, they are um, fucked. I think <laughs> <laughs> it, what, is, is that that's your professional diagnosis. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It fucked. is. Um, <laughs> the two the two key centre backs will probably miss the game, um, and I would expect. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Tottenham will probably be at full strength. Harry Kane would love to play against a defence that is leaking as many goals as West Ham is yeah. because they they are just, you know, they're conceding goals willy-nilly, really. Um, they're, they're just not at full strength. And it's, it is it is this thing that, you know, a lot of people keep saying, well, once we've got players back, it'll be fine. And it's like, well, if you're in the relegation zone when those players come back and you can't get those points back, it's not going to be fine. Well, there's at least a dozen sides in the few, in the past who have who've said exactly the same thing. You know, sort of yeah. managers who've talked about injury lists and, oh, we'll get our players back in February. And you're like, well, okay, but that's just theory. And, and how many times does that translate to nothing? You know, you're Exactly that. You know, um, and I, I, the way I look at it, I mean, even, 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 if, even with Reed and Collins available, like if you're a fragile defence and you have difficulty moving the ball out from the back and you have difficulty defending against sort of numerical mismatches and teams that move in quite a sort of cohesive but fluid way, I mean, West Ham's nightmare opponent at the moment is probably Tottenham or Liverpool or, or someone like that. Um, it is. And yeah. it's it's kind of a key, a key time for Spurs to 
I would say reclaim a little bit of our mojo, yeah. I think. Because last season, Tottenham at White Hart, West Ham at White Hart Lane was swaggering. Brilliant. You know, it, brilliant it, performance. It, it was a fantastic performance. And Kyle Walker's goal at the end just kind of summed it up. Yeah. You know, it, it was just it this right Outside back. of the right. <laughs> yeah. Flicked in. Where has that come from? And then obviously he, he undid it with a really ridiculous defensive decision about three minutes later. But, you know, it, it was... It, it was a fantastic performance. I think we showed, I think we showed that we're we're back to where we need to be against Arsenal, um, and I, I kind of hope that this is the start of a run because when I went to the Leverkusen game, I was talking to a couple of journalists, and they were saying, "Well, if you beat Arsenal, you know your momentum will be sucked out by the international break." And it's like, "Well, we beat Man City before the last international break and haven't won since." So. You know, it's about time we got the win. And I think it's a really key game for both teams. Because if West Ham win win the game, it's the kind of result that could really galvanise them. And it could really kind of push them through the next couple of games, the Christmas period even going into. For Tottenham as well, you know, we've got Monaco and then Chelsea coming up. That's it, yeah. We, we, need, we need to get that momentum rolling. And I think from our perspective, looking at it, we're probably thinking couldn't be a better time to play West Ham. West Ham are probably thinking, well, Tottenham will underestimate us. There couldn't be a better time to play Spurs. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure we're really an underestimating kind of team. I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've. I could ever accuse Poch of uh, of doing that in the past, and I don't think our players are really wired that way. I mean, I, I think we're capable of being sloppy and a bit shit sometimes. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you could confuse the two, I suppose. Yeah, I, but yeah. I, yeah, they're not the same thing. I mean, it's like you know, you you can the Leverkusen performance wasn't the result of us underestimating Leverkusen. We knew Leverkusen were a fucking good side because they battered us in the second half three weeks, two weeks earlier. Um, yeah, they did. That's true. You know, they were very, very good. Um, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like our chances, and um, you know, just uh, yeah, close the chapter on Whitehall Lane with um, with something nice and, and resounding. It'd be great. Well, this uh, is, let, let's just hope it doesn't become that thing that Upton Park became. Because I, I couldn't stand that last season. Where it's the last time we'll yeah. play... Or when they chanted us, chanted that at us at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty cooling to hear that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a miserable night. Um, sad memories. Sad, sad memories, memories indeed, mate. Um, Harry, uh, I'll press you for a prediction. 2-0 Spurs. Nice. Okay, mate. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We, we, I, I get shouted out if we run over too long with these. Um, so we will, we will kill it there. But thanks very much. And uh, thanks for having me, mate. Hope thank to you. see you again soon. Mate. Thank you, Harry Sherlock. You could say that was elementary. Yeah, I told you not to do that. I couldn't resist, mate. You know, if there's a dad joke to be done, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to shy away from that, am I? You know, it's just it's, it's what I bring. It's what I bring. Don't take that away from me. Um, West Ham. People, I'm mm. um, talking about your jokes. Um, a lot of people have been very complimentary about your breakdown the other week for for not ever being um, contacted if, um, directly by the Spurs uh, media group. I know it does make me question as to how avid and Alyssa they've been because it wasn't that out of character, was it really? I think just because it was passionate and sort of maybe they felt the same being ignored by Tottenham social media presence. Maybe. And uh, by us probably as well or coated off by you 
from the Royal Roost account. <laughs> I like the veneer that my abysmal social media kind of presence has has given that because most people will probably think when that when the Royal Roost account's off on one, they'll think, "Oh, that's just Trunk doing that," which. Uh, it gives me a shield to hide behind, an elephant-shaped yeah. shield for me to do my worst. Well, yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Some, sometimes I just lose my patience <laughs> and fucking say shit to people. My, my personality comes out more than it yeah, should. That's all right, there, isn't it? Um, I want to see Seb. I, I want to give Seb the key. Well, he's already got the keys to it, doesn't he? Yeah, all he ever does is fucking retweet his own work. He never tweets it. <laughs> He's not even DMing losses on it anymore. Narcissist. Um, <laughs> right, let's have a let's. Well, let, to be fair, I do that. I do that. Oh yeah, I do it with the odd fucking decent tweet that I do nowadays. So you know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> At least me and Seba try to further our careers. You're just trying to get extra. It, mate, just first, first. <laughs> Those little dopamine spits. Um, Happy days, mate. Not yeah, days. True. Uh, West Ham. Should we just? I think your your brief to me was let's laugh at them for having a shit stadium, which is basically it, isn't it? Yeah, I watched um, I watched rugby there on telly because um, I've not seen much football on television from there. But England were playing Australia there in the rugby league four nations, and I saw it on television for the first time, and it is it's laughable how sort of far away everything is, um, and. And sort of, you know, the camera angles are feel as if you're from watching it from next door or from a blimp and shit. It's it's very strange. Well, I I saw because um, I you know I worked the Rugby World Cup. I saw an actual game, a Union game played there, and it was shit. Pretend rugby. Well, it was, either way, like the the match aside, the actual kind of the atmosphere, so on and so forth. I mean, I've been critical of Wembley in the past, but this was another level, and I remember just feeling such a relief that Spurs hadn't gotten that stadium. Like, for many reasons, but that as well. Yeah, but we wouldn't... And and I understand the reasons as to why we didn't move and why we shouldn't have moved and things, but we wouldn't have been in that stadium because Daniel Levy wanted to knock it down and use the scraps as, as the foundations of his own ground. Which I still find funny. As a, You know, take this to the government who've just spent all this time talking about an Olympic legacy and he's like, fuck your legacy. I'm gonna yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the track up at Crystal Palace, you know? No? I'm going gonna, yeah, gonna to melt it down and use you as scrap metal. He's got no chill at all, that man. But at least he wouldn't have sort of, you know, Taking the piss out of the taxpayer for the next however many years. I mean, they're fucking bastards. The way they've gotten away with that. You know, I think even even down to ridiculous things like the stewarding, they don't even pay for and stuff, do they? Yeah, well, um, Sadiq Khan's launched an inquiry into it, hasn't it? Yeah, loads of them the, have all um, resigned, haven't they? Yeah, because there's there's so much. Um, like overspend and sort of the, the operational cost of sort of taking down the, the seats to put the track out and doing it back up again and everything and and whatnot are um are like crippling amounts of money and West Ham don't pay anything towards it. It's sort of as if like if you bought a house and I paid you like one p rent a month is is what it's equivalent of. And you know, you pay out bills, you buy all me food, you wipe me ass for me, and I've given you a penny for it. And that's how it is. <laughs> Let's be honest, that deal was bent as fuck as well. Like there's something so dodgy about that. 
the way they've managed to get that over the line. But I mean, they're they're suffering for it now anyway. Like it looks absolutely toilet there. Um, I can only assume, like looking at what happened with Chelsea, that unless the old Bill do something about it, it's going to be an absolute fucking war zone when Tottenham go there as well. And I'm not even trying to play up to this sort of like naughty boy thing. Like it just facts are it will kick off there big time if the security is lax as it is. Um, they're going to smash up the lane this weekend as well, aren't they? The toilets are going to get a right doing over the last game that you come to White Hart Lane. In the corner of the ground, they're already in sort of already operated by a crane anyway, so it's not as if <laughs> is that where the away fans still are? No, they? no, they're down in the other end, down in your like by yeah, part lane that that end now. So they're, yeah, right. up the other way, but they're um, oh, I don't know. It's, going to be good I, th- I think we should do them though shouldn't we really there's just not an awful lot to them really Pyatt's they've been in poor they've been in yeah poor form Pyatt doesn't really seem arsed he looks like a man who regretted not joining PSG yeah. or something. Um, would you would you have him could be a... at Spurs no because I don't think he has the engine for us and I think he, he, he's Poundland Van der Vaart he's he's not fit enough he wouldn't be able to do 90 minutes of Pochettino football he'd be entertaining to watch every now and then um, like he'd do something good but um, I think I I can't remember who it was um, but someone made a very good point at the end of last season that you only really appreciate kind of really the strengths and weaknesses of a player when you're watching a team and wanting them to win and I can remember at the tail end of last season when West Ham played Leicester and really thinking, yeah, this will be all right. Like West Ham will do Leicester in this one because they got Pyatt, and it's when Pyatt was kind of really, really big, and so on and so forth. Watching him in that game and really wanting him to do well, and he did all right. Like he, he did play well, but it's when you started to notice, as you were saying, things like the fact he he doesn't fucking run for shit off the ball. Uh, you know, he doesn't really track back. He isn't that ballsy like he's a, he's a classic luxury player he's like he's an old Tottenham player he's the sort of player we would have had in the kind of like you know early to mid 2000s sort of thing exactly that exactly that only they're paying him like 120 grand a week which is more than what we we even entertain to pay anybody yeah. at our club so there's there's all that sort of thing I, no I, I wouldn't have him he's obviously fantastically talented and his dead balls are amazing to watch and he does come up with you know a, a fantastic highlight reel but we've said it time and time again about sort of how our team has worked under Pochettino and sort of the, the strength of it is it's collective rather than individual and that would fly in the face of everything we've done to introduce a player like that fuck him um, fat fraud uh, let's do some let's do some list of questions. Harry Dean um, at Harold underscore Houdini asks, "What do you think of our squad depth this year?" The media seems to rip it to shreds, but I disagree. It's all right. I mean, it's it's not the best squad in the competition, but it's by no means the worst one we've had. It's probably better than it was last year. Um, I'd say. So I'm reasonably pleased with it. The, the, the issue we have is um, having as many players as we do um, competing for places and keeping them happy. The Champions League will help, but you, you've seen it with even players of a, a level of Chadley 
Um, we've not been able to keep them against their will. They've wanted to go elsewhere to play first team football um, because they are essentially a squad player with us. So that's the, that's the 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 real task for us is keeping the players who are just that level below entertained. I think that's half the reason why those players in the level below tend to be youth teamers because they've they've got an incentive to want to play first team football more than you know an established international like Chadley might do. So we're getting the balance right. It'll take time. We're, uh, We've, you know, we've said it for years now, ever since these things began, that we're not a club like Manchester City or, or Chelsea or, or, you know, Man United who can spunk all this money in one window and just fill it up full of, you know, names and <laughs> talent like that because, you know, we've we've not got horrible money to do it with or we've not had 20 years of unprecedented success like Manchester United have to spend the money on, so... We, we've got to do it slowly. Um, it's always been a, a marathon rather than a sprint with us. And just because we've had one very good season doesn't mean we should ever lose sight of that. I think that's when we start we start sort of becoming self-defeating and, and losing eye of the um, of the real sort of long-term aspirations and projects. And that's when you start to get disenfranchised and, and call time on something before you're ready to. And, um, and I don't want that to happen. I mean, the other week... Um, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What was it? The, the World Series when the Cubs won. Uh, it was I couldn't sleep, so I ended up watching quite a few of those games. And uh, it was the first time in my life I'd ever really watched any baseball. But to see them fans after what was it, 108 years, they never won anything. To see how happy they were, and sort of that that one time that sort of something had happened good in their lives, and you know even before that with the. Um, with the basketball and watching the Cleveland fans there when they won and, and sort of the Cleveland players as well. It was, there's something to be said for that one moment of glory under piles and mountains of shit. I think it, I think that means so much more and, and resonates a lot more. And, and I think that high is higher than anyone can have from sort of having a dynasty or anything. I'm too like bitter and horrible I mean, about all that now though, mate, you know, like the clubs and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, don't care, hasn't happened to Spurs. Don't care if someone else is happy. I know it might be nice. That's honestly, that's just my, my gut thing. It's selfish and horrible, but I'm just like, it's not fair. I want Spurs to do it. Like, yeah, but it, the, I understand that. But the, the, the one thought I had while I was watching it is I can't wait until this does happen to Tottenham and sort of, you know, I can't, the, the sort of the feeling, I can't really can't imagine what it would be. Um, that unrivaled ecstasy and euphoria of of actually winning something and and having that to finally 
you know, hold and, and cherish and, and have that moment where you can sort of accept it and and be happy. And die we can happy. still do the treble this year, mate. We can still do the lead, what the Leeds Rhinos did, so, you know. I, well, no, the Leeds Rhinos won seven championships in 11 years, I think, so I'm not sure we're going to do that. So, But, you know, ending it on a on a, on a treble wasn't too bad. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, it's... I always feel guilty when when sort of I complain about never seeing anybody win anything. I do f- tend to forget that my rugby league team is sort of the Manchester United of rugby league, in that we've the the Super League era has been defined by everything we've been winning. So does everyone hate so you? Lot. Essentially, yeah, it's the biggest, uh, probably the biggest club in in England at the minute in terms of sort of we've got a lot of money because it's a city club and it's rugby league. A lot of towns tend to be involved. Um, and uh, we've got a big stadium, and you know we we can afford to pay players and and keep them there. But the the success of what we had in a, in a salary cap spot was down to sort of players being happy to accept less to to win more rather than sort of a Manchester City type thing. So, and the backbone of the squad for a decade was academy products, so that you, we can never be accused of of doing anything untoward because there was a thirty year drought before we won in two thousand and four. Um, so it was it was fantastic planning. I mean, the, the parallels are there between between Tottenham and Leeds. If you want to draw them, in that you know there's a massive drought, and uh, we've got a young coach with you know a team that's made up of academy products and, and good purchases and an overwhelming ideology and uh, you know long term plan to success. And if we come anywhere close to replicating what Leeds did with that same idea, then. Uh, this podcast will be a very different place in 10 years' time. So, so, mate. Um, James Lewis at jlewis2891 asks, are we going to have to break our wage structure or risk losing our key players? Um, I, I guess this follows on the news that both Lloris and Harry Kane, um, there's some rumblings of discontent which is probably just bullshit created however if we're going to go with the no smoke without fire um tack uh there's yeah apparently harry kane in particular at the moment um is apparently wanting a 120 grand a week which really is fair to be honest if you think jamie vardy's on 100 grand a week at leicester city you know 100 grand's just basic now it's not even a lot in terms of um, a weekly wage. I think didn't Gareth Bale just signed 650 grand a week. Something obscene. Like, yeah, something like really, really obscene. Um, yeah. And um, sort of, I remember when Fulham signed Berbatov, they got him because they gave him 100 grand a week. Um, so, the you know, it's it's not as if it's out of the realms of of you know normal um, in this day and age. So I think they will end up getting paid. It's just sort of, the way we've been dealing with contracts, especially with younger players like Kane, is doing it every six months and knocking them up in increments mm. to give them sort of um, an incentive. You'd, and a you'd assume he's on about eighty now, wouldn't you, Kane? Yeah, I think um, I think they said when Ericsson was stalling over his, he's now on seventy. So it's not as if we've bumped everyone up. I, th- I believe Musa Sissoko might be one of our highest earners, which is an appalling thought. Um, <laughs> It's not not in terms of you know how good he is, but you know that falls in line as well. But the fact that we were willing to sort of sacrifice that you know the the not the structure, but sort of people earning their way up the pay scale just to get him through the door, 
Um, well, sort of Hugo Lloris is, is not on. I think he's on about 100, I believe. Um, so we need to, it probably fits, but the, the, the issue is, and the, the thing that I think the club will be wary of is if they've told everyone that this is the one rule for everyone, no matter who you are at the club, this is how you earn your way up to these sums. Um, especially where Kane's um, concerned, then they, they don't want suddenly Deli Ali knocking on their door and going, why am I only on 50 or 60? Where's my 100? And, you know, I could go anywhere I wanted to and get three times as much in this and they'll have the same from Vertonghen and Alderweireld and, you know, it'd be a snowball moment. Um, but Lloris is different because he's, he's not a younger player. He is uh, one of the world's finest in his position, in his prime. Um, so I think the man deserves his money because even if we pay him 120 grand a week, he's he's worth double that, and he would comfortably get double that elsewhere. Um, so it's I actually wrote about it I think last week, and I think it's just sort of obviously we'll we'll have some sort of restraints with the the stadium and whatnot, but with the amount we're getting from television and, and shit like that, uh, he deserves as much pie as he wishes and as good as he's been this year as well it's not as if we've we've got a leg to stand on in terms of his performance level because he's been outstanding and he's in credit with us because he had to go through them years with AVB and Sherwood where we got repeatedly shot on and he was the only one that came out of it with any credit so he uh, just pay the man give him give him his money um, give him all the money yeah give give less to be honest give Harry Kane all the money as well give him whatever he wants I'd be less inclined to sort of just throw it all at him. I, he probably does need a pay rise and would do well tough, but I, I quite like this this new thing of, you know what, you're a young lad. You, if you're going to be here for a while, we'll keep you five years signed up so that you're on sort of a, as a maximum a length of contract as anyone in this day and age really signs and we can sort of have that security as a club, but we will knock you up 10, 15 grand every six months. So it's not as if they don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. None of them are struggling, but they're not getting all their eggs at once, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I just thought, I, 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 I do kind of, I think there's some admir- there's something admirable about um, not being held to ransom by that sort of player and sort of giving them it in a in a manner that makes I guess sense. so. I mean, I, I agree with that more to the, you know, if you're applying that to like your Ben Taleb's, Eric Dyers, so on and so forth. But I think Harry Kane is pretty much established as one of the best strikers in Europe now, really, isn't he? Like, I think that don't even think that's rose-tinted spectacles um, to say that. So, I do, yeah, I do know what you're saying. I think it's somewhere in between, but I, I still kind of think Kane's a bit of a special case there because he's so just emblematic of the club now. And even, yeah, he's probably about, what, 70% fit and he was he just brought so much to that game against Arsenal. It's just he's that threat, and Koscielny. Abs- I've got to say, this is one thing we missed out of the start. Koscielny absolutely shits himself every time Kane's on the pitch. He cannot deal with him at all. Um, but yeah, fuck Arsenal. T T T talking Tottenham tactics at T T tactics asks. Uh, do the US? Ele- oh, I can't. Do the US election results change how Jack feels about his Halloween costume? Um, no, because as as I was saying at the time, my justification for that was that Halloween is a time to, you know, express all the awful things, um, or, you know, you're supposed to dress something awful, scary and ghoulish. Um, and so my, uh, slutty Trump was, uh, was that Nick it. 
what was slutty about? Well, it's just you know, it's what everyone says. You know, what are you going to Halloween as? Like a slutty witch or a slutty oh, cat? Right, right, right. And so I was just. Uh, I was going to say, did you have like ass chaps hanging out of the back of your chest? <laughs> Not on that occasion, I do normally, but. Uh, yeah. um, <laughs> it's normally on a Friday, yeah. isn't it? This is, this is a devilish question. It's horrible. Um, it really shouldn't be, though, and I guess the answer will be, you know, if we're going to be serious about it. Nikhil Siglani uh, at Nikhil underscore Siglani asks Would you swap Trump and Brexit for 10 years of Tim Sherwood at Tottenham? He stays no matter what he achieves or doesn't. Well, I mean, really, for the for the good no, of mankind. No, you would take Sherwood? No, Trump's only going to be there for eight years maximum. I'm not having ten years of Tim Sherwood. That's like two years extra. But Brexit Brexit um, means Brexit not even means happened Brexit, yet. mate. <laughs> the courts are doing their best to stop that. The, what, the, the enemies of the people ex- exercising, like, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking my chances here. I'm sorry. I'm putting my foot down. Tim Sherwood can get fucked. He was awful, wasn't he? It was such a miserable... T- but it was such a miserable time to be a Tottenham fan as well. Yeah, but... Like, he's the sort of guy that, you know, in that parallel universe where he's our manager for a decade and Trump doesn't win, you know he's in the pub every Friday going that, you know, world would be better if Trump had <laughs> yeah. won. He's, he's secretly sort of... He's buying sun every morning for 20p. <sighs> And uh, yeah, he's yeah. He thinks the judges are the enemies of the people. Um, no, no, I'm I'm taking the world as it is. I'm not I'm not gambling with it anymore. Trump will be there for what eight years maximum, four years realistically. Brexit, fuck knows what's happening with that. It changes its mind every two for a minute. So we'll see. I'm. I'm uh, well, have you seen these opt in yeah. these opt in EU citizenship things? That's quite good. Quite like the idea of that. Yeah. I'll buy, I'll buy one of Definitely. those. Definitely, I, lo- I love the fact that like like Brexit camp are getting all pissy about it as well, saying that it's going to divide the British people. Like, I think you've already done your fucking job. The greatest though, irony of that. But uh, anyway, let's not let's not go into that one too much. Anyway, um, stylish riot at stylish riot asks, how many times is it acceptable for me to see Blink One Eighty Two live next summer? None, Jim. You're a grown man. Um, have you ever seen Blink One Eight Two? I have live? seen Blink One Eight Two live when I was about I think seventeen, I've seen, eighteen. I've never, I've never paid to see them directly. I think I've seen them headline a festival maybe once or twice because they did Leeds Fest twice in quick proximity. I've seen them once for definite. I'm not sure if I saw them a second time. I was really drunk that time, so maybe definitely once, maybe twice. But I've never paid to go to a, a gig of theirs. He's not even in it anymore. That one with the funny voice. Tom DeLonge. Tom yeah. Did you say Tom DeLonge? Whatever it is. DeLonge. <laughs> he's, too, he's too busy uh, telling sort of the government about aliens. Something like that, yeah. It reminds, that reminds me of um, just some posh girl I went to school with who used to, she used to swear till she was blue in the face that Kate Blanchett was called Kate Blanchet. Um, Blanchet? Yeah, like, no, it's Kate Blanchet. Yeah, Jesus. but uh, now we shall. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's have a look. Abra Abraka Daniel. Oh, this is a bit of a rude one. We don't know really. Let's do a laddie one. Here we go. M at, at M Priced. He's, he's quite funny. He says, "Is it considered a protest to knock one out over <laughs> Melina Trump, or is that an endorsement?" Melania. Melania. There you go. He's, he's just written Melina here. So, 
Uh, Melania Trump, or is that an endorsement? Um, I don't know. I don't really know, but it's quite funny. Um, <laughs> just, just, yeah. You could, if, I think if you do it over Michelle Obama, it's the same thing, because it's just, uh, she copy it anyway, isn't she? Yeah, probably, yeah. Um, You've got a thing about women in powerful positions, don't you? Oh, I say. Um, kind of, I guess, like, you know, not re- I wouldn't say much more than anyone else, really. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a noted noted niche of mine. Um, I just remember us having a conversation about it once. I can't even remember who we were talking about. Probably Liz Kendall. Always have a soft spot for Liz Kendall. <laughs> Theresa oh, May. Dear, oh dear. Um, Maggie Thatcher. Good God, the amount of, I'm sorry, the amount of fucking Tory MPs now that probably grew up bashing a bishop over Maggie. Jesus. Um, Michael Cassidy at M underscore C underscore Cassidy asks, can you ask if it is possible for the new breed of THFC fan to be banned from using social media? I think that's. I'm going to take that as a bit of a side swipe at me there, Michael. Um, and no, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm going to take a selfie sticking to White Hart Lane on the last ever game, wearing a half and half scarf. Who are the new? What What is the new brand? Uh, no idea. Probably me. People like us. That I don't know. Who knows? I'm not sure. If he had a problem with us, he wouldn't ask us about it. Might do, but it might be being, you know, yeah, clever. No, I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. I don't know what it, maybe he's on about sort of like young kids who are there to you know take the last out rather than watch football. Yeah, but you know people go like people have always done. I see. I don't think I don't buy this whole that's a new breed thing. You know, loads of people complain. Like, I always see seeing people go, oh, whoppers that take their birds to games, blah blah blah. You look at fucking pictures from the fifties, sixties, all that. There's loads of pictures of couples and stuff in the grounds and No, but there's different like there's different of being a couple who go to the football together and that's a thing that happens. But there's people who do like have first dates there and whatnot. And sort of, you know, it's an event. So it's either the football or Nando's. It's like a cinema alternative. Nah, sorry to give it his full Cheeky. name. Um You're a whopper anyway. Um yeah, Me? I don't know. I just like I like that weapon whopper. It's a good one. Wand, wand yeah. wand's a good one as well. Um, under the kosh blog at under at under underscore the kosh um, asks: Is Jermaine Genus the best pundit the club has ever produced? It's a good question. Actually, he is a good pundit. I do like I do like him. Um, Mm-hmm. As an aside, actually, I think Pochettino would have used him really well as a player. Um, I, I was quite like Genus, to be honest. Um, he always did a job against that. He did. Um, but do you think, I, I don't know, who who's... He's quite biased towards us whenever he speaks as well. Like, given that he played for a few clubs, he's always... He, 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 Tottenham seems to be the one that stands out for him. I, uh, I, d- I don't think we'd really call Gary Lineker a pundit, would we? Because he's, he's not really he's a broadcaster. That's what I think. Unless you're on about politics, then he's a lefty lawyer. That's true, yeah. Um, who told everyone to get over Jamie Vardy just a few weeks, months ago, isn't it? but fuck it. He's got, what's, what's he, um, 
What's the uh, what, what was I going to say? Um, uh, who was it? Calvin McKenzie accused him of having somebody write yeah. tweets for him this week. No, but uh, don't don't forget, mate. There's a fucking shit stain of it. Ah, he's not even human, mate. He's just fucking. Um, or talking of cockroaches. <laughs> Alright, um, I um, did you see my Snapchat from the weekend? No, I've, I haven't. I've deleted Snapchat a while ago, mate. Uh, my um, my grandma Mavis um, is Jamaican, and um, when Barack Obama got in eight years ago, like one time we went round to a house and randomly she had like a portrait of Barack Obama for out of the newspaper that she'd um, framed and hung on the oh. living room wall. <laughs> We're just like grandma's out there, and she goes, "He's black." I'm really proud of him. So it's like over the like it's it's always something that I see it and I laugh. Only we went over this past weekend after the election result, <laughs> yeah, and I was waiting for it because I was waiting for for us to have a conversation, just us two, and for it to go quiet so everybody heard. I went, "Grandma, are you going to be putting up a picture of Trump next to Barack Obama?" <laughs> she slapped my arm and she. Kiss the teeth. She goes, "No, he's not a human. He's a cockroach." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not laughed so much in a while. Um, but yeah, she she summed up my feelings exactly there. What do you mean you're not a fan of Donald Trump, mate? Uh, sadly, not. Oh, no. Um, let's uh, see. Uh, is there anything else about football? No, I can't be asked to do any more football ones anyway. Um, we had a good question about The Walking Dead. Um, I stopped watching The Walking Dead. Well, this is it. Mark Lynch at Mark underscore Lynch one. Do you watch The Walking Dead? No. And you've just said no. Um, he asks, when did you bin it off? Um, start of last season. I went longer than yeah. you did. But it, for me, it was just, it, it became repetitive. It did. Boring, sort of like, like, something happened, it builds up to like a mid-season finale where like a new an- antagonist will reveal themselves. He'll kill one of the black cast members. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they'll find a way of overcoming that antagonist. They'll have three or four episodes where they squabble with new nice people in a new safe haven. New antagonist comes, another black cast member dies, same thing happens again. I just remember being so um, happy, like, in the old season. I, I mean, I binned it off, like, one of those half-season breaks when they'd all just been in that, uh, like... You all right there, mate? You just... Uh, yeah, I'm downtown buzzer. I was going to say, you banging your head against the table in despair as we'd been talking about Trump. Trig- tr- I don't know what the fuck's Triggered you. On. Sounds like somebody's doing fireworks at my house. Sounds it's quite scary, that mate. Um, it's hard to feel man that's right. Yeah, it's <laughs> going down. Man, fire off yeah. shots. Um, what I was gonna say, yeah, I, I think we bend it off. You know, when they were in that hospital place and all those sort of security guards, that mid-season break, we think we we bend it off in that one. But I just remember the early seasons. Remember that old that old prick it, Dale, like- the old man. Yeah. How irritating he was! I remember, like, I was watching that and just being so happy when he died, like, g- like <laughs> genuinely rejoicing. Because I remember every every time those two sisters would do anything, he'd always be like, "Are you sure you should be doing that?" You know, just like, mate, just fuck off. You're not their dad. You're not. You're nothing to do with them. Like, oh dear. It was better when it was about them escaping zombies rather than sort of this weird soap opera with the zombies. Yeah, yeah. It became. I don't care. I don't care who sort of the 
stalker guy from Love Actually's trying to shit. Coral. Yeah, let him kill someone. What was he? Egg from this life. I do. Yeah, I do like those memes as well, though the ones where they spelt Carl Coral. You know, as in the the stuff in the sea. All right. Coral. Um. Yeah, it just got it got really. I I I would go as to far. I would, I would go as to far. Jesus. I would go as to far as to fuck. No, I would go as far as to say that now it is television for people who don't like television. Just say it's in the same way, balance. In the same way that, you know, like, like you know, you've got that person who thinks they know music loads and then you ask them what their favourite album of the year is and it's like Mumford and Sons' sixth album. <laughs> and you're like, fuck off, lad. That's, that's the person who tells you that Walking Dead is the best thing on TV. It's just dog shit, isn't it? I still haven't watched any of Westworld. I don't want to watch it. I'm told you this now. Unless it's good for three straight seasons, I'm not invested. But then, do you know time. what the problem is, mate? If it is good for three straight seasons, then you'll be like, but three seasons can't be asked, you know? Yeah, but isn't, it's only like 10 episodes a season, isn't it? You can True. chew through True. that quickly enough. It's just that, because I've seen so many of those high concept things sort of have a really good first season and then have no fucking idea what to do next. Yeah, agreed. I, I can't, I can't be bothered with that in my life anymore. I deleted loads of stuff the other day because I had loads of stuff on my Skybox and loads of stuff on my um, my hard drive to watch, and I just went and like looked at it and I thought, you know, life's too short. I'm never going to be able to watch all this shit. So I just sort of I made a list on paper of all the things I had and then just ticked them off as to like I, I can live without watching this. I do not need to have it. Like when I was sort of. Even a few years ago when I had the time in my day to sort of spend three hours just watching random shit, I don't have it anymore. It's kind of where I've gotten with Narcos, you know, mate. Like, because I've not really seen any... Like, I've seen people be like, Narcos is good, it's pretty decent, but I've not really seen anyone really lose their shit over it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've not really seen anyone be like, it is must-watch television. Like, it's, it's really, really, really incredible. I've just seen most people be like... It's good. Yeah, it's all right. But, you know, and I, I can't really be asked to, like, invest that much time and effort into it. Well, effort's probably the wrong word, but, you know, I just I can't I just can't be asked for it, to be truthful. Um, but I might watch I it one day. I might watch it one day. Um, There's loads of stuff on Netflix that I've not got around to. I've, I, think I, I think I might have come to the conclusion that half an hour is long enough for television. <laughs> Like forty minute shows, even though there's realistically not that much difference. Some of them just they drag yeah. on, and it feels like an undertaking. To I think the only ones that don't, um, um, and because miniseries is, cause it feels as if yeah, an I, I like. Um, I think Game of Thrones is still an hour. You do generally end oh, yeah. up being like, oh, that wasn't an hour when it was. I think that's sort of the high watermark, isn't it? I'm so looking forward to the new series as well. The one that I'm looking forward to most is coming back is Curb. There was a they did a teaser video of uh, JB Smooth the other day on set, and if there's anything that I need in my life right now to cheer me up, it's Larry Dave. Pretty good, pretty pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things that just even the thought of Larry David doing something makes me happy. Um, we are. Uh, I've seen quite a few films lately, mate. Um, we, sure yeah, well, Doctor Strange. We've both seen Doctor Strange. Not bad. Quite good. All right, isn't it? Doctor Average. Exactly. That's it. Um, if you're 
a fan of the Marvel comic universe, you probably won't like it because I've seen most people that do who do like that. You know, like the the core ones, like the Avengers, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, haven't seemed to like really the ones I've liked. So, like the Splinter ones, like Ant Man and this Doctor Strange, and well, I mean everyone liked Deadpool, so that's a poor example. Um, but I always prefer those ones, and I'd say this sort of falls more in line with those than it does the the sort of Avengersy type ones. Um, so yeah, it's all right. Benedict Cumberbatch is all right. Um, it's quite weird seeing him do an American accent. I'm not going to lie, but uh, he is basically just being Sherlock as well, isn't he? In this film, essentially. Uh, and Rachel McAdams really, there's no point in her. Well, being yeah, there. why? I don't. I, I really didn't get it. For, to, she's exactly a good actress to do fuck all. Great actress to to just do nothing. I think there's that one pretty emotive scene when he basically tells her that he doesn't love her or whatever. And it, it does, it's quite, it's quite punchy. Um, but you can get just any old actress to be shut on for a yeah. scene. You don't need, you know, an Oscar nominated actress to come in and do that. It's crazy. Um, I, I did find that, that pretty weird. Um, also seen, have you seen Nocturnal Animals yet? I haven't. I really want to see it, but I haven't um, been yet. I really liked um, A Single Man. Um, and Tom Ford is, is just good. In general. Aesthetics, isn't it? Um, Aesthetics. Yeah. Uh, we'll so, yeah, we'll wait, and, wait that, until um, you've seen that one then to, to chat about that one. Yeah. Uh, I did see Arrive. Oh, looking forward um, to that. The other Amy Adam ones. That's, that's you know, if uh, you know, to juxtapose against um, Doctor Strange, if you want sci-fi, that's done with, you know, some modicum of intelligence and isn't just people bashing shit and wobbling their hands about and whatnot then go and watch that i think it's fantastic um it was we went on 11 o'clock showing on a friday night um and me and my dad went um and my mum decided to skip it um and when we walked out i said to my dad because we went for a piss and i went oh i'm glad mum's not here tenor says that one of us would have had to explain the ending <laughs> to her and as we came out of the toilet some people who were in the same showing of us one of them was literally having to explain the third act to someone i was like yep that's that's what i meant because <laughs> it's one of those where it's sort of it's not a it's not a twist it's no not spoilers it's just sort of no i'm not saying what it is it's just sort of it's sort of it's a splintered narrative that then comes together at one point, and as the film drops the penny, if you've not been paying attention and if you're not sort of following it closely, and you don't go with it and you don't allow it to have that moment to sort of you know fit the final piece into a jigsaw, then I imagine you will lose it. But it's if you go with it, then it's fantastic, and I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. Because I, you know, I really well, you heard it here first, kids. Pay attention. Um, <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> Uh, I sort of Stay speaking of don't do drugs. Um, they're not fun at all or cool. Um, Disagree. <laughs> Captain Fantastic. I saw. Quite enjoyed that. It was quite good. Captain Fantastic. Yeah. Captain like Vito Morganson, it's one of those kind of like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about the weather yeah like woods. one of these sort of shoegazing indie you know quirk alongs, but it's it's. You know, it's good fun. It's decent. Was that um, the guy who did um, When We Live in the Shadows? Hiker Whitey? Uh, no, I think he did. Um, 
Hunt for the Wilder People, which is similar, which oh, is a right. uh, similar movie, but is uh, in New Zealand, set in New Zealand. Um, yeah. But they, they have you ever seen that? What we do in the show? Yeah, I have done. I, it's yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Like it's got the flight of the Concords lads in it and stuff, hasn't it as well? Yeah. Well, one of them yeah. at least. That that one in the basement, like the ancient one, is horrible. <laughs> so horrible. Um, it was honestly, I don't know why. Weird. It just made me feel a bit sick. Like just cause it was, because what it was like. Um, but yeah, I did like that movie. That was a good one. Um. I don't really know. What else have I watched? I've watched quite a few. Oh, I saw Imperium as well. Um, it's like, you know, Daniel Radcliffe when he has to, when he's in the FBI and he has to go undercover into like oh, a neo Nazi. It's not bad, you know. It's, when he joins Trump's Yeah, it's government. not great, but it's not bad by any means. It's, it's you know, it's fairly enjoyable. Um, have you seen that one where he farts a lot? Yet? Yeah, Swiss Army, man. I've not seen it yet. I wanted to watch it just because it sounded like interesting it, to see whether or not it was worthy of being too. Old. No, it's not. Do you know what it is, mate? It's a, it's a, it's it's good, but it it would have been better as a short film. Like it was, it's a good idea, but it doesn't it doesn't stretch across two hours. So like um, Paul Dano as well. I can't stand Paul Dano. That's the thing. I really can't stand him. I don't. I just. I just don't like his face. I don't like the way he delivers <laughs> stuff. I, it's like he falls into that same sort of camp as Jesse Eisenberg, that sort of I like glib, smug kind of actor. I just I'm not a big fan, but I think I, I don't think he's a poor actor. I think he's quite the opposite. I think Paul Dano and Jesse Eisenberg are both decent actors. I just don't, I don't, I just don't like them. Um, the one thing that Jesse Eisenberg should stop doing is trying to write for the New Yorker. It's appalling. Oh, really? What's what is it like? Hot take articles or? No, no, no. You know, have you ever read the New Yorker as a magazine no. properly and sort of the different sections it has? It's got, um, like, humour sections and stuff yeah, like right. that. Um, so he, he does stuff for, for that, and um, it's it's not humorous. <laughs> Is it just people being like, just give it to him, he's Jesse Eisenberg, you know? Is it? Oh, I imagine. I imagine so. It's, um, like, it's in the Daily Shout section and stuff like that. It's... These little short stories and somebody who's clearly like thinks he's been to maybe he has been to like some sort of creative writing course yeah. he's trying to do something clever and like it's essentially what like if he was anybody else it'd be some shit three thousand word essay on medium but it's Jesse Eisenberg so it's in the New Yorker um, and it's it's not very really good. Have you been watching the Humans at all? The thing on Channel Four. I never got into it um, the first season, so I've not caught with it. Is that the one with what, Gemma yeah, Chan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not, I've not watched it at all. No, sadly, it's a shame. It's, it's decent. I mean, it's it's very UK TV. It's on the upper. I'd say it's not. No, not really on the upper end. It's on the mid mid end of UK TV. In that, you know, they always lack that polish of US series and such now. But it's I've, I've, I've still quite enjoyed it. I have enjoyed this series as well. It's starting to go into this pretty interesting moral ground now as to whether or not, you know, are they just robots? Should they be tried if, you know... What's it actually about? Were to... Robots. Well, yeah, they're kind of like androids, so it's it's about AI android things, you know, but they they start off as like home appliances. Um, but there's there's a small group of them 
that were made self-aware by like you know this whatever one of the fathers of ai type thing um so in amidst all these like robots that are just servile things um there's like a small group of four or five of them and by the end i mean apologies if it ruins anything but by the end of the first series they basically release like or they have like a piece of coding that means that they can start turning other robots self-aware and waking them up and so on and so forth um and you've not sold it to me i'm not gonna lie it's good mate it is good I think I might survive without that one. It's worth it. I don't know. Give it a go. What's it on? Yeah, you watch it all on four a day. Mm, We'll see. If I find the time, I'll I'll have a gamble. But I'm not not making any promises. Planet Earth's been decent as well. I've got them recorded. I've not watched them yet. I keep seeing people like posting pictures of animals dying and whatnot. It's just, I just, I mean, even if you're not that interested in the nature, the wildlife behind it, just the shots, like the production values are just spectacular. It's so good. Like it's so insanely good. Um, nothing comes close to the BBC in terms of that sort of shit. I don't think those sort of wildlifey documentaries, national geographic can suck a fat one. Um, yeah, mate, it's a done. National day and national morning when he goes. Week. It'll probably be in like yeah, a couple of weeks now in this year. Oh. Not that I'm trying to kill him off. Oh, God, it'd be grim. Um, but yeah, that's about that. Um, should we kill it there then, mate? Let's do it. Yeah, Thank right. If you... I think we've been uh, sufficiently sort of uh, perky given the circumstances. We have made Tottenham great again. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Jesus. I couldn't resist, mate. If you, uh, if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Royal the Rage podcast, you can do so on iTunes and Acast. You can follow us on Twitter at RTR underscore pod. You can go to the website, rtrpod.com, where you can find all the previous episodes as well, embedded into articles and whatever, download them. Um, yeah, Leave us some reviews on iTunes and stuff as well, so it'll push us up the ratings. Come on, you bastards. Come on, you Spurs. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.